Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I will discuss the AFC Championship game. And Joe, before we break down the game, which hopefully will be a cathartic experience for us and for the listeners out there, I, I know Chiefs fans are really hurting, but six straight AFC West titles, four straight AFC championships, and two Super Bowls, that's an amazing stretch. And as long as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are around, this team will be a Super Bowl contender every year. And they have enough signed talent and enough young or in their prime talent, they could still be the dynasty that a lot of us predicted or hoped for. Oh, Jeff, I totally agree with you. I mean, you, we've got to keep it in perspective as fans, right? I mean, it's, it's hard. I know it hurts and it stings because you're so close to the big game, right? You're so close to bringing home that championship that every team at the beginning of their season put that picture of the Lombardi Trophy up and says, that is our goal. Singularly focused, get that trophy, right? Or... I know there are some organizations, let's be honest, realistically, look at the beginning of the season. And while they may put the trophy up, it might not be that season. It might be say, hey, let's make this improvement this season so that the next season we can be hoisting that trophy. So I do get that there's a realism to some organizations, you know, having the opportunity to, you know, being a, being a, be in a rebuilding mode. I get that. And it, this is really hard for Chiefs fans because we're so close and we were on the precipice so many times in the last four years that, you know, four straight AFC championship games at Arrowhead, people just want to get to that next one. But you've got to keep it in perspective, Jeff. And I'm not just saying that to make people feel better or gloss it over or be overly optimistic, but you've got to keep it in perspective you know, last Sunday, there were 28 fan bases that were sitting home watching those games. And, you know, there's, there's only, you know, been several teams that have been to multiple things like that and given them, their, their fans even the opportunity to get that close. So I, I've seen it. I've seen it historically happen where, you know, you get frustrated with a team and then all of a sudden you long for those days. It happened a little bit in Kansas City. Yeah. You know, it, where you had the Glenn Dawson era and then there was the lull, right? Like, oh, man, like there probably were teams in, in you know, fan bases in those 70s and 80s that would have said, I, I'd give anything just to have a playoff game, like you know? That. And then we, we went through it in the 90s, playoffs every year, and there was a little bit of a lull. And, you know, you just, you, you know, you got to remember that, that it, it's not every team that's going to get there and enjoy the ride and start to focus on what this Chiefs organization is going to do 
to add whatever piece in the puzzle that can get them to the Super Bowl and win it next year. That's all, it's all you can do at this point. Joe, that's a great point about the, those lulls. It was a 20-year lull between uh, playoff wins for the Chiefs, 71 to 91. You know, so right. appreciate these times. Now, well, Jeff, can, so I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like just, you know, for Chiefs fans who go back to the 80s and 90s, think back to Marty Schottenheimer's era in Cleveland. You know, people used to talk about Coach Schottenheimer all the time in Cleveland about, oh, you know what, the Browns just couldn't win the big one, right? They got to a couple AFC championship games. They were in the playoffs. They were building it. They had the dog pound. Thing, you know, they were riding high. And then, you know, it was like, well, we need to make a change, right? And the Browns' loss was the Chiefs' gain, right? Because I think Marty really and Carl Peterson were the foundation of this team, right, building it in the 90s. Um, and not just saying that because, you know, I was on those teams, but where have the Browns been since, right? Like what, whatever happened to that organization, you got, you got rid of a coach who got you there and yeah, did they come up short in the AFC championship a couple of times? Yeah, they did, but they were there. And like, sometimes people just are, get so caught up in wanting that win today that they didn't really, they felt like there was a piece missing of the puzzle. And then, you know, Let's be honest, where have the Browns been since? You know, Coach Schottenheimer wasn't there. We're going back now, you know, since like 1988, right, 89, when Coach left Cleveland. And, and so, you know, Jeff, that's just, my, that's just my take on trying to get fans to understand, hang in there. We've got a great base. We've got a great foundation. Don't, we don't need to panic and hit the panic button right now. Because you, you don't want that kind of thing to happen to Cleveland, you know, back then when they got rid of Coach Schottenheimer. Sound advice, Joe. Now, digging into the game that everyone's still talking about, it was a tale of two halves, Joe. What, what happened in the second half? I mean, you know, I, I was, uh, you, know, you know, you know how you always think you're the one, right? Like everybody says, oh, I didn't wear my lucky socks, and that's why the Chiefs <laughs> lost. Or, you know, I didn't have barbecue ribs before the game, and that's why the Chiefs lost and decided to have chicken. You know, like we all feel like we have something to do with it. And I, I made a prediction, and I, I think it actually did come true I tweeted out early, like, um, it was, it was kind of like, maybe it was like halfway through the second quarter. I don't remember the exact timing, but it, it led to the Chiefs really actually that successful drive right before the end of the half. Mm -hmm. I basically felt like the lack of success on the Bengals part in the first half, they were going to try something dramatic and they were going to try something different and the Chiefs were going to take advantage of it. And I think they actually did. Like, I think the Browns, this Brown, when I say the Browns, I got I got Coach Schottenheimer on my brain, but the Bengals made those changes at the at the middle of the second half or middle of the second quarter, where they they you know they even Tony Romo was saying it right on the CBS broadcast like how there was no way the the Bengals were going to be able to stay in that too deep coverage, they just there were there was such a lack of coverage in the middle of the field at that point and they were so soft that Patrick was picking them apart, right? That there's no, I think anybody's, anybody who's even a casual football fan is not going to, to, to deny, they're not going to deny that the Chiefs took advantage of the game plan the Bengals put forth in the first half. But they did. They took advantage of it. And I said to myself, and I tweeted it out, you watch, prediction, the Chiefs are going to take advantage and they're going to they're gonna capitalize on the, the Bengals getting a little bit dramatic here. And they did. And they're just, bam, all of a sudden, I'm watching big play, big play, big play, and we get down there at the end of the first half, 
and to me, right, not to pinpoint to one play or one series, but the Chiefs' lack of being able to get points there, just from a pure we needed more points perspective, right, because those three points would have come in really handy if the game had played out the same way it did without those points. Um, I think that was the that was the turning point of the game. I really do. I think it was it 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 knocked the Chiefs' swagger down to the point where God, when we're down inside the five yard, we don't score every time. And it was just what the Chiefs didn't need. And I'm not blaming Andy. I'm not blaming Patrick. I'm just saying Patrick needed to walk off that field feeling like, all right, we made a big we made a big drive. We'll get these three points. We'll get out of here. And I think that mistake of, you know, throwing into Tyreek with time, no time left. And then I'm watching Patrick call, try to call a timeout. He kind of even forgot they didn't even have any timeouts at that point. He was calling timeout. It just set in motion some psychological and emotional effect that we couldn't overcome because it's an emotional game. And I think I really do truly think that was the turning point. I think it was the turning point, too. And also gave – I'm going to talk about, more about later in the pod – about how this game was so eerily similar um, to the previous Chiefs-Bengals game. Um, so without that, with Chiefs not scoring before the half, well, then it's, it's just an 11-point margin, the same margin of the previous game. So the Bengals go into halftime thinking, hey, just like last game, we were slow out of the gates, so we're going to turn it up. And uh, – Winding a little bit, another key play, they obviously could have used a timeout at the end of the half. You know, the Chiefs called that timeout to review that challenge. It was a great challenge because Burton oh, yeah. got that first down. But they called a timeout before challenging it. If they don't do that, they have that timeout at the end of the half. So it, a couple just key mistakes that ended up costing them. Yeah, a couple of things, Jeff. And, you know, you, you always don't want to count on a couple of things. But to me, you're right. Those were two things that happened in the first half that set some wheels in motion. And, and look, I don't want to take anything away from Joe Burrow and, and what he was able to do because he kept his team hanging. He never, he never gave up. But I, I got to say, and, and again, I'm not just being a Chiefs homer or, or, or anti-Bengal. I don't think Joe Burrow did anything so spectacular in that game that, you know, that, that a quarterback wouldn't do who was a good game manager who has a good supporting cast. I really, I really don't. I mean, I don't think it was like – yeah, I can't look back on it and go, oh, well, of course the Chiefs lost. Joe Burrow threw for yeah. 600 yards in the second half, and he hit every receiver. I mean, it wasn't – it was it was just a well-fought game by them in the second half. I don't think they did anything so dramatic on offense that would cause me to say, well, hey, you know what? We're probably going to lose that game anyway because Joe Burrow played the absolute game of his life. I don't, and again, not taking anything away from him. It wasn't like the week 17 game. Right. Just went nuts. What did, he did really impress me for a couple things, or a couple, his, his composure and also that he was getting the ball out quickly. You know, I thought the difference of the game was going to be the Chiefs pass rush versus Bengals offensive line that's not great and with the arrowhead crowd. He, the fact that he, he, uh, he only took one sack. That that might be the the best thing he had going, and and we're going to talk more about Burrow and also some similarities to that Week 17 game. But first, a word from our sponsor. There might be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. 
with scores, totals, player performance, props, to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, what I wrote about after the game for, for Forbes was how eerily similar this game was to week 17. Just really crazy. I, I mentioned the 11 point margin. In both games, the Chiefs scored just three points in the second half. In both games, Patrick Mahomes was on fire, looked like the best of Patrick Mahomes, and then sputtered in the second half. And then perhaps the weirdest coincidence, we, we talked about how the turning point was the, the Tyreek Hill play at the end of the half, that, that he was tackled in, in the field of play on the one-yard line. In the Week 17 loss, also a key play to Tyreek Hill, 19 seconds left. They had an open uh, Tyreek Hill on a seven, uh, the Mahomes heaved a pass 70 yards across the field. Um, but Hill bobbled it for a second, and then Von Bell, the hero of the playoff game, was able to, to deflect the pass, and it was an incompletion. You have that score before the half in the Week 17 game. It's probably too big a margin. Tyreek Hill gets in the end zone, or the Chiefs throw it away, or have a better play design. Just really weird how these two games were so similar. Jeff, I mean, from you know, I, I wish you ha hadn't had to write that article about that, <laughs> but you crushed it when you wrote that. I mean, you hit on every single point. It was like, if you read those two articles, you might think you were writing about the same game. You yeah. just maybe got a few things wrong. Like it was like, that's how eerily right you were about, about the, the similarities between these two games. And it was like, almost as if when I read your article, if you would have taken out some of the names and different things, I, it would have felt like I was reading about the, the week, you know, the week 17 article, which or game, which is crazy. Like, I, I just can't, I don't, so you're right. So like maybe even like mystically, right? Let's get some mystic and magic into this whole NFL type scenario. Like it, even if the Chiefs kick that field goal at the end of the half, maybe it just throws off some universal, like this thing that's out in the universe that we needed to like break the, the spell of what was going to happen in that game. And, and, and I think that's, you know, again, one little thing, a reason why that, you know, that field goal would have been so important little chip shot end of the game they go in 14 points maybe they get a field goal you know the first drive and then they're up three scores like it just changed what changed everything you know i in my opinion take the points and and you know go into the locker room with a little bit of feeling good as opposed to like now everybody's walking out into the tunnel and they're going down the steps and they're thinking oh man should we have kicked it and what's that going to look like and it just i think it set things in a bad motion you know, one thing that was different between the two games, obviously the, the story of week 17 uh, was Jamar Chase. He had 266 yards. He really destroyed the Chiefs. You know, he had a good game. He had 50-some yards and a big touchdown. But he was more of a decoy. You know, T. Higgins um, 
what was the one who who did more damage than than Chase of the receivers. And Joe, this is so when he was talking about the defense, uh, the Chiefs had on him. He said they played like cloud coverage, so they played like an outside technique on him, and then the safeties were running over the top. Tell tell listeners, fans, kind of what that means and why the Chiefs uh, did that. Why they played him that way? Well, because you you know it's it's all about support, right? It's it's all about knowing that when Joe Burrow looked for Chase the way that he found him in that first game is that you see like the color of the Chiefs jersey, right? And that's that's what like a cloud coverage does, right? Where you 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 want to force the player to the inside of the field where there's more color, right? Because you have to realize how fast like anybody who's played, even if you've played uh, like a Madden, right? On on a PlayStation or or an Xbox or something, like there's you you can't like you don't quarterbacks don't actually see the player in his eyes and their hands and their face like they see colors and a lot of times you know when their route their routes are based on you know chemistry like think about okay let's go back to something really positive when 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 um Patrick Mahomes hit Travis Kelsey on that uh you know do it Kels play right at the end of the Bills game like if you go back and watch it from the end zone, and I think a ton of the sports uh, shows, you know, kind of showed this, um, Patrick threw that ball before Travis even turned like his right. head, like he, that's the, that's, so if they would have been in, in some kind of a, you know, some kind of a cloud coverage at that point, and they could have been on Travis in a more like man to man defense with some free safety support, Travis doesn't catch that at the end of the game. Right. Because Patrick sees the color. He would he would have seen the Buffalo Bills white safety, you know, in his white uniform coming in his eyes and in his field of vision. He would have seen that white uniform coming up towards um, towards him, and he would have and he would have pulled that out. So you know that that's why they you know they they try to do that with receivers like Chase is is to force them into an area where the quarterback sees more color of the other team. And they're less likely to throw balls like the one that Patrick threw to Travis at the end of that Bills game. Uh, great analysis, uh, Joe, explaining that kind of cloud coverage technique. And we knew that Coach Spags would tweak something that, so that Chase wouldn't beat them. Joe, is there any chance that you, – you, you said this. I asked you this last week. Would there be a letdown from that epic game against the Bills? And there clearly wasn't because the Chiefs came out of the gate looking fantastic. Um, any chance that they were physically impacted or drained from that Bills game? You know, there was a lot of offense, especially the, the Chiefs defense, just having to kind of run up down the field uh, against uh, Allen. Was there – did that linger? Yeah, I think – I you know, I think so, right? It, it it has to, right? It plays on you, right? What The things that happened to you in the games before are, are always you're going to be thinking about when you're out there. You know, the, the other thing that I think uh, – had an that Patrick Mahomes uh, was never better than, than in that first half. Just amazing. I I think almost the problem is that he was doing things so amazing and the degree of difficulty, like his touchdown passes. He was basically doing like a three sixty spinning and then throwing like a touchdown to Tyreek Hill. I think that the he was making the degree of difficulty was so high that he almost tried to replicate that like later in the game, like um, those two sacks. It's almost just like make the 
quick toss. Make yeah. the, he was trying yeah. to do something so fantastic, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, Jeff, that's a, that plays on you, right, as a quarterback who's been carrying the weight of the team on their shoulders and, you know, the Bengals are starting to play a little bit better. They're hanging around. And, you know, I, I saw a, a really nice uh, overview of that play where Patrick had literally, literally like nine seconds in the pocket. And right. um, I guess it was Travis that was like about a yard deep in the end zone and he was wide open. Now, listen, I'm a lineman. I'm not going to sit here and make a judgment about what a quarterback sees. But just from watching the pundits and everybody, that was one play that they really picked on Patrick on, is that Travis was wide open, and it looked like Patrick was staring right at him. And it was almost like you said, Jeff, he was waiting to make a play as opposed to just making the play. Like, it didn't need to be all that dramatic. He just needed to fire that ball in there with the gun that Patrick Mahomes has. Because, you know, what, 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 the only thing I can think about when I was watching that on, on ESPN was that, that Patrick was maybe thinking if he was staring at Travis the whole time that that safety was going to jump the route if Patrick didn't throw it hard enough. Interesting. And, and, and that's what it looked like to me because the, the, the safety on that play – before he took, you know, and, he, and then he started running, right? And then he's running around and he's spinning. Like you said, he's doing 360s. He's pirouetting and like it didn't, it didn't turn out well. But I, the only thing I can think of is if I were to call ESPN to the producers who were showing that play, I'd say, yeah, but Patrick was staring at Travis the entire time. And if that safety was looking at Patrick's eyes the way he should have been and he could see Travis out of the corner of his right eye, he could have jumped that route. And if Pat, unless Patrick throws literally the perfect ball, because there was also a corner over on the left, mm. he has to throw a perfect ball, a perfect strike, and he's got to throw it hard. That Patrick's like, all right, maybe I can make something happen that's a little bit easier if I just hang in there and give my guys a chance to sort of stretch the field a little bit that Tyreek usually does, right, which he did on that one touchdown where Tyreek was running across the back of the end zone and Patrick hit him, you know, Patrick has a way of doing that, right, of making that extra move that allows his, his guys to use their speed. So, you know, yeah, I think I mean, that was a long answer, Jeff, but I, I think you're right. I think Patrick was carrying the weight of the team on his shoulders, and he was trying to figure out, all right, let me see what magic I can pull out when he really kind of just either needed to make the simple play, you know, throw that one ball away, right, uh, at the end of the half, just throw it away, and then we kick the field goal. Um, and, and he, you know, he felt like he had to force that into Tyreek. And at that point, Tyreek didn't have the kind of space to make his magic, you know, back up and move and then, and then, and then juke and jive. So it just, you know, you're right. I, I, I think it was the, again, the second half always goes back to my, in my mind of, of the pressure that Patrick was putting on himself based on the fact that they couldn't get those points at the end of the first half. You know, Joey, and that we both think that was when the Chiefs had their lull, when they had their struggles, which, which you know, the Chiefs in the, certain half, the second half of the AFC Championship game certainly resembled, you know, more of that three or four thing. It's not like uh, teams, I think, suddenly figured out Patrick. There might have been some of that. They, teams had some suggest, success making him more patient with the two deep shell, but it was more that, Mahomes was pressing and I think he was kind of forced to press here. Yeah, no, that's, that's the, to me, that's, 
it just reminded me of that, you know, that three or four game stretch at the beginning of the season when things weren't going real well for the defense. It just, that's what it was very reminiscent of, you know, were those struggling games where Patrick just was trying to make plays to get the team out of this perceived hole that they were in. I don't, and again, I don't, I don't mean to keep beating that, that that play at the end of the half i'm I, i'm crushing it right now i'm squashing it i'm squashing it between two pieces of bread and eating it like a sandwich like i just feel like that play like it just when i look back at this game and i watch the second half again and i think about how that game that game went i just i just i it, i can't get i can't get it out of my mind i can't stop it needles me that Patrick, it just nipped, it took that little bit of Patrick swagger and a little bit of the swagger out of that offense that they, that they had going into that game that, you know, listen, we can score whenever we want. And five-yard line, 10-yard line, 20-yard line in red zone, we can score. And when they didn't score there and the clock ended and Patrick's trying to call a timeout, he doesn't have, it just like, it just set this negative flow of emotion and, 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 uh, you know, kind of a uh, vibe out there that just really, it really threw, I think it really threw everybody off. I really do. I hate to keep, be- I know I'm beating it to a pulp, but I, I really do feel like that. No, was I mean, I, not, not only us, I mean, a lot of, a lot of articles and analysis of this game thought that was the key play. I mean, everything, you can even hear my dog. How yeah, he's mad about it. Everybody's mad about it. Yeah. Jeff's dog is mad about it. <laughs> my stomach's mad about it. It's growling. And yeah, it just, it just, you know, it was that one play. And, and look, you know, I just want, I just want fans to have, take heart, have heart. It, you know, it, it is, it is going to be a, a, an interesting off season. You know, the wound will heal. The sun came up the next day for the organization and for the fans, it's really hard. It's a bitter pill to swallow when you're that close and you've, you know, especially, I think what made it, I think what made it harder, Jeff, really, to be honest, is the, the, the fans to a certain degree were kind of like when, when we weren't playing well early on, the fans have been like, all right, well, you know, it's hard to get to the Super Bowl every year. It's hard to get to the AFC championship every year. And then all of a sudden, what do the chiefs do? They capture our heart. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek, the D. Chris Jones, they start playing well. Spags, Eric Bieniemy, like they capture your heart and are like, all right, we are the team we thought we were. And then our hope just went like skyrocketing up. I think that has a ton to do with the letdown that we have right now. You know what I mean? Like it just, it has so much to do with the letdown right now emotionally because now, I'm not saying that the Chiefs fans resigned themselves that maybe it wasn't going to be a Super Bowl season around week six or seven, but you have to admit it wasn't. It was looking, it was looking pretty. I'm going to use that the old Grim Reaper. You know, when it's looking grim, be the Grim Reaper. Like it was looking a little grim for us back then. And and I think that the rise that the meteoric rise this team went on in the middle to the end of the season really threw us off. And and I think that to me is something that emotionally is really hard to overcome and it's like it, 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 it it's like it's like anything in life I'm telling you there's something about expectations that get you going and and I think the expectations for this team over the course of that eight nine game stretch told us we're gonna win the Super Bowl and right. that 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 that, the, the, that fall can be really hard definitely 
What I'm about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing too. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like the goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. Art prices actually outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 to 2021. In fact, early investors already received our th over 30% IRR in 2020 and 2021 from the sale of just two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other main other members and invest like the GOAT. Plus, you can get priority access with our game day promo. Go to Masterworks dot art slash believe b-l-e-a-v that's masterworks dot art slash b-l-e-a-v see important disclosures at masterworks dot i o slash disclaimer uh joe i'm also curious for your take on you know again i thought the storyline was going to be uh the chief's defense getting a lot of pressure on uh, on burrow just like you know he was sacked nine nine times uh, the week before, the Chiefs got a lot of pressure on him on week 17. What, what happened there? What, what, why weren't they able to get more pressure on, on Burrow? Well, Other than, like I said, he did do a good job of getting the ball out quickly. Yeah, I think, I think they, they, had, um, you know, they, they had a plan for, uh, for protection, right? They had a plan for who, who they were going to call the Mike linebacker, right? So they slid their protection a lot to uh, Chris Jones, Right. So they were they were uh, trying to get that center guard double team on Chris Jones and and move and slide the protection to wherever he was. Right. Because that's what you do. Right. You you slide the protection to not only who you think the linebacker threat is going to be, who's going to blitz or the, or the safety blitz that's going to come to that side. You also slide your protection to. Um, the player who you think is going to give people the most fits when they're rushing. And I think they did a really good job of, you know, um, of, of trying to get as much padding on Chris Jones as they could. Right. And, and he had his shots. I mean, he had his shots. There was a couple of times when I thought, how did Burrow get away? Like, how did he get away from the, the grasp and the clamp of, of Chris Jones? He's so strong and big and long. Um, I, you know, I was just, I was really surprised. But Jeff, you know, I don't want to oversimplify it, and 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 for for fans to think that there was some magic that the Bengals did, I think they just basically said, "Look, Joe, get the ball out. It's better for you to have an incomplete pass. It's better for you and us to have short, methodical passes, and not try to beat this team deep, and get the ball out." Because a, a sack is is probably the worst thing that can happen, and we talked about that, right? We said, look, that you know that they were going into that game knowing that their luck was going to run out. Because, I mean, Joe Burrow had been sacked twenty times with no fumbles coming into this game, and the average sack with a fumble is like every five. So every mm -hmm. five sacks, generally four to five, produces some kind of a fumble or where the ball will come out. And I just basically think we're not. Basically, the Bengals said we're not letting that happen. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try to shore up the protection. We're going to, we're going to try to double team the guy that we think is the most impactful up front. And, and, you know, it's Chris Jones and, and we're going to, we're going to get the ball out and not even give that team a chance. So I think they just went philosophically saying better to get the ball out and gain short yards and, and, and sort of methodically work our way down the field than it is to, to let Joe get sacked. 
and I give, you know, I give Burrow credit on somewhere he looked like he was going to be. He must have been working on it this week and practicing getting away from the rush because he definitely looked a lot more elusive than he did against the Titans for sure. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that those three things coupled together had, had a lot to do with, you know, their ability to be su- successful in the passing game. I also, and the reason I asked if there was an impact from the, from the Bills game, uh, I, I thought the defense, it was, since the Chiefs offense was struggling so much in the second half, I thought the uh, Chiefs defense was on the field a lot. I thought they looked pretty gassed. I, I wonder if that affected, impacted the lack of sacks in the second half. Well, they definitely, I mean, it, it wears you down. Jeff, you and I talked about this a bunch of times, right? Like it, it's three times more tiring than it, to play defense than it is offense. No doubt. I, I would dispute that with any pundit or anybody that came up to me and said, no, you're wrong, Joe. I would absolutely disagree with them. Um, and I would, I would, you know, I would go to the hill on that one. I, cause I think, I think the, it is at least three times more tiring and difficult to rush the passer to play defense because you don't know where the ball's going. You're, you don't know whether you're going against the run or the pass. You're getting double teamed. Like, you just don't know because everything is an unknown when you're on defense. Everything is a reaction when you're on defense. You don't know the play. You don't know if it's a pass. You don't know if it's a run. Um, it's tiring to rush the passer. And, you know, you know me, Jeff. I, I, I love looking at the box scores without trying to even know what the score was. And the Chiefs, this was not a game that the chiefs like were destroyed on, right. It wasn't like, you know, you know, they, they had, they, they out, they out yardaged. I made a verb out of that. They out yardaged the Bengals, you know, 375 to 359. They outpassed them. They outrushed them. Their yards per play were higher. They had more first downs. Um, They were about equal on third down. What I think this team did was, was lose in the possession battle. Right. I mean, the 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 Bengals had the ball for basically we'll call it we'll call it we'll call it five minutes round number. Right. They had the ball five minutes, uh, almost six minutes longer than the than the, um, the Chiefs did, the Bengals did. So, you know, that that'll wear you out, Jeff. Um, you know, totally, Joe, I, I really do think it wore them out. Any any kind of final thoughts here as we're on this game or on, on this season here for Chiefs fans? Well, listen, fans, hang in there. You know, I went to four straight AFC championships. This is, a, this is an organization that is going to do the right thing. Look what Brett Beach did with that offensive line last year. They're going to go out. They're going to find the piece of the puzzle that's going to make this playbook get even better. We've got the best, if not you know, one of the best, if not the best quarterbacks in all of the NFL, regardless of how poorly everybody wants to say Patrick played in the second half. He is a great, he is a generational quarterback. Um, we've got a defense that we saw knew how to improve. There was so many positives this year that this fan base has to build on. And I know that Andy Reid is going to put his full heart into building the pieces and getting this team better where they need to get better where that is. I don't know. I'm hearing things like, do we go out and get a Kamara from the saints, right? A bruising running back that, you know, maybe when we were down there on the goal line in that end of the first half, we just handed off three times to somebody who literally just plows into the end zone. 
um, you know, maybe it's, you know, it's going to be shoring up some things that are happening at, at the, uh, at, in the defensive backfield. Um, you know, we definitely don't need a, another tight end. I think we've got a great tight end core. I think our receiving core looked really fine. We got Patrick. Maybe it's, to me, it's kind of running back. And I think the defensive backfield um, is where I would focus most because I think that's where we're going to see the most hits. And I think that linebacking core was young and they learned a lot this year. So I think, I think we're going to see great things coming out of that linebacking core. So if I think there's two things the Chiefs fans hope they improve on, it's, it's a little bit at running back, maybe a bruiser, and it's in, in, the, in, the, in the defensive backfield and shoring up some, some things there, especially if we don't, you know, if we don't keep Tyron Matthew. You know, and, and there, there is going to be a lot of turnover. The Chiefs have more than 20 free agents, uh, and a lot of it is in that defensive backfield. Uh, Tarverius Ward, uh, Tyron Matthew, both free agents, so a lot could change. Um, two other things to, to note here as we kind of wrap up the season. The Chiefs play the Bengals during the regular season. So that's that's going to be a, that's going to be a primetime game, I'm sure. That's going to that's going to be much talked about. So there there will be you know a potential revenge game uh, next season for Chiefs fans. The Chiefs also play the Buccaneers, um, which will be very different. Without I think we're all looking forward to another revenge game, a rematch of. Uh, the last Super Bowl Chiefs and Buccaneers, but with Tom Brady officially announcing his retirement, that will be a very different game. Yeah, Jeff, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be a long off season. I, you know, I think, you know, you know, we have a lot of football fans that listen to, and, and yeah, while it stings for our, our Chiefs fans, this not being able to watch the, the, the Chiefs two weeks, the Super Bowl, I, I think, you know, making a prediction just to get it out there. I think the Rams are going to win this one. I think, I think they've got um, all the pieces in the puzzle that match up well. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about that, um, you know, in our next pod as we get closer to the Super Bowl. But just to throw that out there right now, I think the, I think the Bengals are going to run into a juggernaut there. I think the Chiefs actually match up way better against the Rams than the Bengals do, even though we, we lost to the Bengals. I, I just think the Rams are going are to dominate that game. I don't, I don't think it's going to be – I mean, that was – Jeff, that was six – fantastic football games. I don't, you know, look, I know the Chiefs lost and, and, and I'm stinging and, and my heart's breaking because they're not in it. But you got to admit as a football fan, those six games that have been played in the last two weeks, the four division games, the two championship games, they were all fantastic games. I mean, regardless, I don't, Chiefs fans don't want to hear that right now, that, that it was, uh, you know, a fantastic game because it wasn't for, for us. But if you're an objective football fan, it was, it was pretty fantastic that you know you had another overtime game um, in the playoffs. So you know a lot to be happy about, a lot to be proud of. This organization's going to get better. The Hunt family always makes sure of it. Brett Veach is on the he's on the, he's on the case, and I think Andy Reid will will put together a game plan going into this offseason that, that the Chiefs fans will see another great product out on the field next year. Absolutely, and we'll have more on that Super Bowl matchup next week. But if you enjoyed the show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.